Hey everyone, it's Lauren and Mark. We have another great edition of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast for you. Today we're meeting with Satorius Racing, Tim and Dylan Satorius, announcing their 2023 plans. Looking forward to this one as well. I've known Tim for a long time. We have some uh, family ties together. Uh, Mark, they got some exciting news coming up. Yeah, man, they've been around a little bit here and there, dabbling around. So, um, yeah, let's see what their plans for 2023 are going to be. All right, let's get into it. All right. All right, we're on site with Satorius Racing. We got Tim and Dylan here with us. Um, excited to make this annou announcement. How are you guys doing today? Good. Doing good, how are you? Happy good. New Year, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, racing's just about to start, getting excited for that. Yeah, yeah, it'll, uh, it'll get kicking pretty quick. A lot faster than you think. Well, uh, let's talk about previous years here quick. Uh, been part-time the last few years, talk about leading up to 2023, what you've been doing? Um, well, basically, um, we finished the year at Marshfield last year, and we were going to run Oktoberfest, um, but it didn't work out for us. So basically, uh, we put the car on jack stands and uh, for the winter, and I was doing a driver's search. Dave, my son Dave was going to drive, but his health just isn't uh, good enough. Uh, he had you know, some heart issues and stuff, and still hasn't had that surgery yet so therefore um, I uh, actually went snowmobiling up at my cabin uh, two weekends ago with uh, Andrew Morrissey and he brought Dylan Hammond up uh, if you guys can remember Dylan Hammond from a couple years ago in the Midwest tour uh, I personally think he's an up-and-comer we raced against him a couple of times and he's he's a good runner and uh, he was up there snowmobiling with us and we sat down and uh, talked to him and and worked out a deal and uh, he's going to be our driver this year going forward and uh, we're going to concentrate on Marshfield just because they have a really good uh, program up there for what we want to do and um, and uh, do a couple of the Dells races and a couple of Midwest Tour races and then finish out the year with Oktoberfest. I know you said this came together pretty quickly here just over a snowmobile trip. Was that truly how it came together? Did you have any uh, talks with Dylan prior to that at all? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, we ran two years ago. We parked right next to him in the pits at, at uh, Wausau for a Midwest Tour race. He got in a wreck and then he blew the motor, and so we helped him push the car and helped him push his car in the trailer. And I don't think I said two two words to him the whole time, and uh, and really never you know, talk to him. And then when we were all up snowmobiling, the whole plan was Andrew was going to drive our car this year when he could do it because he thought he was going to have some extra time. But after you guys were at Oktoberfest and he had such a good run, you know, he was the best car there all weekend. 
and that was his own chassis that he just finished up a couple days before that. And uh, as soon as he left Oktoberfest that weekend, I believe he sold four race cars, one to Eddie Hoffman. And uh, Eddie Hoffman actually has hired him on as a full-time crew chief. So he's going to be busier than you thought. And, and he's told me, he said, I want to drive that car bad. But he said, I, I won't be able to let you know until like a week prior. And I said, I can't do that, Andrew. I just can't. And then he said, why don't you uh, talk to Dylan here about it? And I looked at Dylan and I said, you know, we need to sit down and, and talk about this. So we did. And like I said, we worked out a really good deal and uh, we're excited. He's really excited. And, uh, you know, we can't wait to get going on the season. Dylan didn't have a wheel in his hand last year, did he? He, he did not race last year. Uh, he so. went on board with, uh, you know, the cost of this, you know that, Mark. I mean, it doesn't matter how good you are. If you don't have a ton of money backing you or, you know, a rich daddy or something, it's hard. It's really hard to do this. And it's hard to justify spending that amount of money. And uh, he told me, he said that uh, he was really excited uh, this past year, uh, Gabe Summers, asked him to go on the road with him and uh, crew on the car. So he said he's learning a lot of stuff there too. And as a matter of fact, at this time right now, he's on a plane flying down to Speed Weeks uh, with, uh, with uh, Summers down there. And uh, that's why he couldn't be here tonight to do this. But we're all really excited about this. I know what kind of a driver he is. Um, Personality-wise, I never... Never knew the guy, never talked to him or anything. And I'll tell you what, he's a heck of a very personable guy, you know. And he's a, he's a RN um, by career and uh, very easygoing to talk to. You know, very, very open person to talk to. And that's going to go well because with my operation, we are a small family unit. And uh, basically, we, we have to have fun doing this. Or to me, I've been around this all my life and racing since 85 myself and uh raced on the dirt raced on the asphalt and uh this uh this sport will humble you in a hurry and uh i'm just really glad you know that we have this opportunity to do this uh and have some fun doing it you know and that's why you know marshfield for us works good because they race you know, every other weekend. So I have the weekends free to go, the other weekends free to go up to my cabin and, and have fun up there too, you know, and uh, we're excited. We are excited. We're going to talk to Dylan Hammond here uh, later on after we're done talking to Tim and Dylan Satorius here. So just to let everyone know that Dylan Hammond will be um, at the end of this podcast here to tell tell his story of how it came together and what he's looking forward to. Uh, Tim, you, you mentioned you've been doing this for a long time. Uh, I've known you a long time what keeps you going in racing because it is not it's it's hard when you got family you got a cabin there's so many outside things what keeps you going being a car owner and spending that money to to do the sport i'll be honest with you okay i had to step away in 2003 uh from 2003 for about oh gosh 10 years i had to step away because what happened is uh andy weinberg was driving for me at that time we ran all over the place, you know, back in the, in the middle to late 90s. I mean, we were, we were running everywhere, and we weren't a high-funded team. But when there was 30 super late models at Kakana and Rod Wheeler, Jim Weber, some very fast guys, J.J. was in his prime, 
there were some really fast guys out there and uh we finished uh eighth ninth and tenth in points there the three years that we ran our first three years super late model and we finished uh really really well there stayed out of trouble for the most part and won a feature even our first year and uh everything was going really really good like that you know and then you attract sponsorship dollars you know as you run better that's how it goes and uh so then andy uh he works for miller electric he took a job down in north carolina taking care of uh the uh some of the bigger cup teams so again i was looking for a driver and hooked up with troy nelson he came and drove my car for a few years there and we actually led the points in the mars series for the first four events and then his boss wouldn't let him off of uh, work for a couple of events there and we dropped down to like fourth or fifth in points then at that time but uh we you know we chased a lot of races at that time and i what made it hard was my son here dylan was a very good athlete in school baseball wrestling football i missed all that for a number of years I'd have to, you know, I'd, I'd work 12 hour days. I'd get out of work at six. Immediately, I'd go over to the shop, work on the car till midnight, one in the morning, call my wife, you know, to see how Dylan's baseball games went and stuff. And then uh, get home at one o'clock in the morning, take a shower, go to bed, get up four hours later and go to work and do the whole thing over. And then you get out of work early a couple hours early to go racing somewhere so i mean i literally wasn't seeing these guys for days and it took a toll on me you know i i was sick of it you know and uh that's why i had to take time away and watch these guys grow up and, and everything you know and my other son dave he was he was driving uh go-karts at the time so we got to have a lot of fun together you know and i really enjoyed it but then i missed it too i really missed it a lot and uh I was uh, really anxious to get back into it, but at a, at a level I knew that I didn't want to go beyond. And that's why I search uh, for a series that I can run that I can afford without going broke in the process. Now, one thing I never do, and I never have done, I never skimp on my equipment. I always want good stuff. So right now, I mean, I have a really good car have a really good McGonagall Ford motor. I'm a Ford guy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And uh, <laughs> damn it, there. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we just, you know, we want to run where we can run well and afford it at the same time. And that's why I really like what uh, Wayne has going on up at Marshfield. Um, you pay basically, I think it's $14.50, and you get all the tires you need, a pit slab, and uh, two pit passes that's for every the race. CWRA series, no, right? no, no. That's his own that's series. His own yes, series. yes, yeah. that's his own series. Okay. Yep. And uh, they race every other weekend, so it works good for me. My cabin is a little over an hour away from there, so after we're done racing, we go over to the cabin and hang out there. You know, it just everything works out really good that way. And I'd love to race at Kakana because I'm only minutes away from there, but uh, cost-wise, I can't do it and run at the level that I want to. And then also at the same time, you know, it's really hard, you know, on Thursdays, everybody has to get out of work so early and that makes it really hard, you know, and, and, uh, like I said, we're a small family team. So Dylan, he works, you know, during the week till five, five thirty, like that, you know, and it makes it really hard to be able to, to do this, you know, and so that's why we're, we're choosing to race up there on every other Saturday night, 
and then we'll pick and choose, you know, a few events along the way. I want to pull your son Dylan in here for a moment. Talked about a small family operation. Uh, talk about it from your point of view, what you see being Tim's fun son, and what you all see in the racing community and in what you do. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, growing up, it was always a part of you know our family and kind of what we expected to do all summer long. Um, you know, if we weren't playing sports or something, or it was off season of sports, you know, we were we were you know helping with the car or you know traveling around to wherever he was racing whether it was snowmobiles or the race cars during the summer um, you know so it's just always kind of been a you know a thing that's been in the family and kind of a tradition for us to be involved in it so you know even the years that he took off of doing it it was always you know something we always stuck together and went to different races and shows and you know hung out with other race car drivers that we kept in touch with so you know it's just always kind of been there for us did you notice that he was gone a lot working on the car that he mentioned and wasn't around maybe as much as he wanted to for a few years and then got back to it? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you could tell that, you know, he was tired, you know, after he got home from work and then he had to go out there and wrench on the car. You know, crew guys were coming over and they were banging away on the car out there all night long till you know, they had to go to bed for a few hours and get up and go back to work the next day. So, you know, you could, you could see it, but, you know, you could see that they also had fun, you know, doing it a lot of the time too. You know, that's... Like you said, it's a small family thing, so everybody that we've ever been, you know, involved with together, so every, you know, everybody's been close and tried to have fun doing it together. And the thing is, too, is honestly, and I, I, I don't think I told Dylan this, but uh, my other, uh, my nephew, my, my older brother Dennis, who just passed away from cancer this last summer, he was the one who got me into this because he started when he was 17 years old racing out at apple creek right and he was you know part of racing his whole life and it just kind of you know i grew up watching him and at that time believe it or not i mean if you were a kid you know below 12 years old you didn't you weren't allowed in the pits and at apple creek you no women in the pits there was no wearing shorts nothing you had to wear you know, I think it was white pants back then you had to wear, so it stood out at night, and no women in the pits. God, I mean, back memories. oh yes, my God, I yes. yes. I yep. That, yeah. So, I mean, the, my part of racing back then was uh, he raced at that time Thursday night at Apple Creek, obviously. That was an asphalt track. Then he raced Shano on Saturday nights and Seymour on Sundays on the dirt. They ran the same cars back then for all these different tracks, right? Well, my fun of racing at that time was being able to go out to his house on on a weekend, and I'd be washing his wheels off, all the dirt off of the wheels, and then spray paint them white. That was, you know, that's how I was involved in it, you know, and I always, I just always wanted to do it, you know, and uh, then, like I said, it started in uh, 85, and I started running actually in 83, I started running uh, some of the Crandon off-road stuff in what they call the good old boys class and uh, started with that. And I did that for six, seven years. And uh, then I bought little Jerry Smith's. Do you remember him from Sportsman Days? I went up on the dirt and didn't know anything about it at that time. Went up on the dirt in a super stock and was running Luxembourg on Friday, Shano on Saturday and Seymour on Sunday. And you want to talk about getting burnt out in a hurry? Oh, my God. And uh, burning, you know, blowing motors and, you know, transmissions and stuff like that and having to have it fixed for the next night. And, oh, boy. And uh, and uh, finally, Jerry, little Jerry Smith's there. He told me, he said, 
Timmy, he said, why don't you come down to Kakana and race down here and I'll show you what to do. So I bought a car from Gene Wheeler, Rodstad, and uh, started out that way. And that's how it progressed all the way until I think it was 94. I hurt my back in like May or June at work and couldn't drive anymore. So that's when I became a car owner and mechanic more or less and, uh, and uh, had various different guys driving my car. But we had a, back then, the sportsman class, and I think Terry Korth and some of the guys I raced against, uh, Rick Spoo, they will tell you that that was the best race and the most fun they've ever had. We had car counts in the 40s every Thursday night and hard racing. And I'll never forget, excuse me for rambling on here, I'll never forget, back then you had an A feature, a B feature, and then you had the, the regular full feature. So I started out, obviously, in the B feature, not knowing what the heck I was doing. And I'll never forget, the first few times you go out there for hot laps, you had little Jerry Smiths, you had Rick Spoo, and then you had uh, big Jerry Smiths, who his brother, or uh, Steve Smiths, and then his brother Jerry built all my motors for me. So I'd be sitting there on the outside, you know driving around, hot lapping, trying to figure out what I'm doing in this thing. Those guys would just come flying by me, you know, in the corners. they come up and they're, we had all open exhaust at that time, no mufflers. So they're just sitting there, you know, with their exhaust right there, you know, two feet from my left ear. It was so loud. And I'm just like watching these guys flying by me. And I'm like, man, am I ever going to get that fast? And then gradually I did, you know. And uh, I'll tell you what, that was a sad day when, when that class was no more because we had a lot of fun out there. That was a good time. Everybody got along in the pits. And I'll tell you what, we sat up many, many mornings till 6 in the morning, and it was our team, maybe a couple others, and then the Butzes when Baldry was driving for them. And we watched the sun come up. I can't tell you how many times. We had so much fun out there. Yeah. <laughs> That's your cue to go home once when you, when it starts getting light. Yeah, well, there's a story there, too. <laughs> I have to bring Lauren's uncle Randy into this. Randy Zuman-Uman. <laughs> so the night of the corn roast, okay? Nobody, well, back then, nobody stayed by their car. They were off in everybody else's pit, right? I had an open trailer, and I had my sportsman car sitting there. And uh, it was one of those days where you're out there till 5 in the morning, right? Well, get in the car it's like it's time to go home so i get in my truck and take off without looking at my car right i'm driving down the road to appleton and i'm looking in my mirror i'm like what in the heck is that flying in the air you know so i pull over and here zoomy went and took all these corn cobs and stuck them in the (laughs) spokes of my trailer wheels well as i'm driving down the road it's flipping corn out to the side well then i get home Parked it on the road, right? Go upstairs in my apartment, got up about 2 in the afternoon. Feeling like not so good. I go outside, and here in my race seat, Zumi had taken a whole garbage barrel full of buttered corn and dumped that, all those corn cobs, in my seat. So now i got to sit there and pull all those corn cobs out and hose off my seat and scrub it out because it was all full of butter and stuff, you know? Yeah, he got a big yuck-yuck about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's how uh, we kind of uh, tie in there and, and talk every now and then with, uh, you know, the, the Wheelers are my family. Zoom in was my uncle. And um, I'll tell you this. 
you were talking about the old days about B feature, uh, other feature, and, and then full feature. Yeah. My grandma would tape all of Randy's races, and there's times where I've sat and watched it, and I was the only kid who would sit there and just watch it forever and <laughs> ever and ever, and still could um, to this day. So there's uh, a lot of good memories there. Hey, hey, getting back um, more to uh, the the announcement part here. You worked with Andrew Morrissey for a few years now. Tell us about uh, your partnership. Since eighteen, yeah, since yeah. eighteen. Tell us about your partnership with Andrew and what that's meant and, and how that came together. Here's here's how that whole thing worked out. Um, why I was out of racing for that ten years, racing changed. We used to run what they call a conventional setup back in the old days. Like for instance, at Plover. When we ran up there, when Troy was driving for me uh, in 02, and I think we finished third in points, everybody was on what they call a conventional setup. I The shocks that I ran were a Carrera shock. I mean, a couple hundred bucks a shock. You know, they were a good shock. All of a sudden, why I was out of it for that 10 years, racing changed. And the big bar soft spring stuff came up here from down south. Well, immediately... That was a lot of money. And when I came back and I looked at what people were paying for Penske shocks and all the stuff going with it, and then you have, you know, you have to be on top of your game, and that's why you have to test a lot. You have thousands and thousands of dollars stuck into this. And that, to me, was like, oh, my God, I'm so far behind the eight ball. Then I noticed a lot of guys were going to Midwest Tour guys and approaching them and saying, hey, will you help me out? you know, get me sped up on this process here. And I had always seen Andrew race. He was a low-key guy, you know, kept to himself a lot, but he always ran well. He was your 2011 Arkham Midwest Tour champion. Plus, he went on the that ASA traveling tour throughout the whole country and uh, won a couple races there. And On a low budget. Yeah, on a low budget. It was, was him and his dad. Impressive. It was yeah. him and his dad. Very rarely do you ever see Andrew Morrissey Carr with sponsors on it, very rarely. And so then I approached him and talked to him, and uh, he agreed that, uh, yeah, he would help us out and stuff like that. So that's how I started working with him, you know, and and started running the same setups. And now you have to understand, you don't just approach a guy like that, and he's going to say, Lauren, I'm, you know, this is what you're going to run for Shocks and Springs because this is what I run. It doesn't work that way. You have to earn their trust. And it took a lot of days of me driving down to Madison and, you know, hanging out with Andrew and getting to know him and how he thinks about stuff. And to the point now where, you know, I, I think we're good friends. And he trusts me that, you know, whatever he tells me, I'm not going to spread it all over the pits, you know. Because a lot of these guys, they like to keep stuff to, them, to themselves. And... uh so he trusts me with stuff, and fortunately, Dylan Hammond uh, is also friends with him, and now he actually has a shop literally, you know, 50 yards out of Andrew's garage door. So it works out really good that way because I'll actually be keeping the car down there in Dylan Hammond's shop, and then I'll drive down there and work on the car. So it actually works really, really good that way. And uh, like I said, Andrew... Andrew trusts us, and we trust Andrew, you know, so it works really, really good. I think that helps for us, too, is that 
you know, wanting to keep doing this year after year is that we've always had a good relationship with Andrew and the guys that help him, like Tori and yeah. now Dylan, you know, where we're all good friends and we have a lot of fun doing it together and, you know, we're always positive with each other and, you know, to the point now where, you know, we're spending weekends snowmobiling with each other and stuff like that. So, right. you know, that helps that helps us keep doing it year after year. You know, we just have a lot of, a lot of fun doing it and try not to take it too serious where, yep. you know, we're still... We're still friends at the end of the day, no matter what happens. I'm at this stage right now, and I, I, the business that you guys are in, you talk to you know 100 guys throughout the summer and stuff like that, racers. You're going to find out, tell me if this is not true, you're going to find out the guys under 30, 35 are like, balls out. You know, it's like, nothing's more important than racing. I'm just going to do whatever I got to do. You know, I want to win, 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 and race, whatever. And all of a sudden, the guys that are over 40 years old, they're kind of like, well, you know, kind of. I got a family now. I got a family now, and I got a cottage up north, and, you know, I want to go fishing once in a while. And that's that's where I am. You know, last year, I built that cabin up north and bought some land and stuff, and I don't want to do this, work on this car four or five days a week, and then go racing on the weekends. I don't want to do that anymore, and that's why everything works out really good here right now with the Marshfield thing and then, and then uh, only racing, you know, twice a month, and then pick up what tracks. I've never been a point guy. I, you want to go broke in racing in a hurry? Chase points, chase points, because you will do whatever you have to do. You know, you'll you'll sell your dog to put a tire on the car. You know, and I, I just I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to do that. And uh, you have to draw the line somewhere. And yeah, when I was 25 or under, yeah, I would do anything. You know, but uh, yeah, over the years I've seen I've seen guys uh, spend way too much money doing this, and I don't want to. So that's why I want to keep it at the level I am. We can all have fun together, and yet being teamed up with Andrew, I'm totally a sponge when it's around him, listening to him talk about setup stuff, and uh, I learn a lot from him. You know, I don't have a Gale Four shock machine, a five thousand dollar shock machine in my trailer like a lot of these guys. Uh, I rely on information I get from him, you know, and uh, what I put on my car. So that's kind of that's kind of where that whole thing is. There, you know, gotta have fun before anything. Gotta have fun. I think that gets lost in in racing, uh, especially lately, having fun because it seems like it's just more serious points chasing. Uh, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of serious. So there are some teams who talk about fun and just going for wins and, and points will work its way out the way it is. So I think that's key for for a lot of people, especially the smaller teams. Years ago, I had talked to Matt Kenseth when Matt was kind of more or less just coming up through it. And it's like, you know, I said to him, I said, I noticed that's when we were full time at Kakana yet. And I think he was driving for uh, for. Um, Mike and Patty Butts and I said to him by the hamburger stand you know it's like I noticed you kind of race all over the place you know what's up and he said you're never going to be good if you're locked into one track and he said you've got to go out and race other racetracks to get the feel of the car at each one of these different tracks and I had always felt that for so many years looking at WIR three quarters of that field actually probably more than that will not travel you know their thursday nights at kakana is it and when that's over in august they pack them away and that's it you know and i'm not like that you know i would much rather give up half a season at kakana to go race golden sands go race the dells that's me i like to have fun that way and get to know other guys you know i i you know i have a good time just 
you know, walking around the pits, you know, talking to other guys and stuff, you know, not the same old guys all the time. That's just the way that I've always been, you know. It's amazing as the season goes on, when it gets to be August, it becomes a grind. Oh, God. The season season is so long. By the time it gets to the end, so many teams are looking for it. Mark, I can't even tell you over the years when I, you know, when I was a member of the club there and we were competing there and stuff, and they would always, you know, weekly they'd put out like uh, the sheets hanging on the side of the shack there where the points were and all that kind of stuff. And it would be July. And I can't even tell you. Praying for a rain out. The guys least. would be sitting there looking at it like, oh, geez, if I do this, this, and this, I can move from 15th in points to 13th next week. And I'm like, seriously? That, you know, you're going to go and spend whatever you got to spend to move up two spots in points? Come on. You know, I, I just, I could never, ever go along with that. I mean, it's important to some people, I guess, but for me, it's not. I, I need to go race other tracks and, and, you know, compete against other guys, you know? That's what's important to me. And, and granted, everybody is going to do what they think is good for them, you know? And for me, it's that's just the way that I've always been. You mentioned that you thought Dylan Hammond was an up-and-comer. Yes. He didn't race last year, but the year prior, he was fast almost everywhere he went. Yes. Pretty much everywhere he went. Uh, one that stands out to me was Milwaukee. I think he opened a lot of eyes there when he was fast in qualifying and fast in, in practice there. What else have you seen from him that kind of opened your eyes that to make this a possibility? Well, here's the thing is, now granted, I never, like I said, I probably said two words to him, but he, uh, other guys that I know that have raced with him, he has a good rapport with everybody. He's a, he's an easygoing guy, fun, you know, fun to be around and doesn't get too wound up over stuff. And uh, that's always a good thing because, like I said, the way that we run this as a small family team, you know, I could not bring in a top-running guy, let's say, that had no personality. I, that's just not me, you know. And I would much rather have a 10th-place running guy that likes to work on the car and is easy to get along with. That's, what, that's what's important to me. And what's really good with him it's always kind of been him and his dad, and I respect that. I respect that. And kind of going from him and his dad to kind of like you and Dylan and your small team, yeah. it probably meshes pretty well together as yes. well. Yeah, because Dylan actually, he was up there snowmobiling with us, you know, two weekends ago and stuff, and, you know, we were all sitting around yucking it up and having a good time and stuff like that. Went out to eat a couple times and that, rolled, you know, rolled the snowmobiles together and that, and... It, you know, he bonded right in with everybody, you know, and that was great. You know, that's what I that's what I want to see because I would like, you know, I would like to get to a point where sometime during the summer we say, you know what, come on up to the cabin, we'll sit around and have a couple cocktails and talk racing or whatnot else and, you know, sit around by the fireplace and just have a good time. And, and you need that to not let this get too serious, you know. That's, that's important to me. You know, I, I want to just not have a racing relationship with the driver. I want to have a friendly relationship, you know, where you're kind of buddies, you know, and you can talk about anything. That's kind of where me and Andrew are now at first, for the first couple of years. All we ever talked about was racing stuff, you know, and then once we kind of got to know each other, I never even knew he fished until all of a sudden, like the second or third year, down going down to a shop. He had a fishing pole with a lure hanging on it by his front door. And I said, what in the hell is this? 
don't even tell me you know how to cast this, you know. <laughs> He's like, I fish all the time. And I'm like, really? So I never knew that. Something else to yeah, talk about, right? exactly, exactly. <laughs> yep. What are the expectations this year? Well, I see, I've never been this kind of guy that's going to say, we're going to win the championship. You know, we're going to fight and claw and do whatever to win a championship. Do I think our chances are good to really chase that at Marshfield? I feel really good. That's all I'm going to say. I feel really good. But for me, we have to run well and stay out of trouble first and then let everything else fall where it may. You know, and if you're the guy at the end of the year who doesn't wreck a lot of stuff, you know, doesn't crash a lot and lays down consistent qualifying runs and consistent top fives, you're going to be right there. You know, and that's what's important to me. You know, I have never been the kind of guy where if you come in and you finish eighth, that, you know, I'm going to go nuts on you and pound on the car. I've never been that kind of guy, and I never will be that kind of guy. You know, just want to work on the car to get a little bit better next time. That's all I care about. Who's the sponsorship that's uh for your to make Satorius race and run this year, buddy. Well, Scott Fable from Fable Truck Sales, Fable Truck Repair um, in Appleton. Uh, he's been with me for a number of years now, and we have a really good working relationship. Uh, have a lot of fun together and stuff. So he's uh, primary on the car, and uh, the guy who built my cabin, uh, Tom Vindalen with Dex by Design, out of Appleton. He, uh, I have him on the car. And uh, then we have uh, uh, our insurance agent, uh, Owen Hubner out of Kakana, and uh, he's with State Farm, and he chips in and helps us out. And uh, I actually uh, just landed a sponsor, a new sponsor today, uh, Eklund Motorsports. They're probably one of the biggest Skidoo uh, dealerships around here, so they'll be on the car for this year. And uh, and then. What really helps me out a lot too is uh, Dylan here chips in, you know, just for the sake of chipping in. And then my nephew, Denny, who pits for us, him and his wife, Carrie, uh, he chips in throughout the year, you know, and helps me out a lot. And we actually have a race fan down in Florida. His name is Bruce Ramstead. And he used to live up here and then moved to Florida when he retired. And, uh, he actually uh, sends us a check every year and helps us out, you know, and it's enough to buy some tires and do things like that. So we put him on the car, and he's been really good. We actually had a guy up until this last year out of Austria. He raced sport, like little sports cars, right, BMWs, road race, right? And he actually came on board through my nephew because my nephew – Builds model cars for a living. Uh, you probably seen him online. He's built some for Ty and a lot of trip. Yes, he puts a lot of time into that stuff, and he sells them all over. Jesse Odoven, I think, just bought twelve of them. Well, anyways, he uh, is the one who hooked me up with this guy from Austria, and so he actually owns a company where they printed calendars, right? And he always had racing stuff on there of all different. Uh, uh, European sports car racers, right? Two years ago, he printed a calendar and had our 93 car in there. <laughs> totally different from anything those people over there do, but the month of October 
had us in there. Now, everything was written in, like, German, so you couldn't understand <laughs> anything, but we were on that calendar, and it was so cool. Unfortunately, this last year, I had just talked to him on the phone, and he said, you know, yeah, let me know when you want, want to check, and I'll send it out. Within two or three days, he died of a heart attack. Oh, oh just sad. And the worst part was, we were going to rent the track. He was going to fly over at the end of the year and jump in the car because he had never driven anything like that. He was going to jump in the car and do it. And within weeks, he was dead. Oh, oh it just sucked. Yeah, very, very unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, we've been, you know, very fortunate that way. And like I said, with the, with the sponsorship that we get, uh, it helps us you know, to, to run respectively throughout the course of the year. Another so, one, too, is uh, Ron Coon Residence. Oh, yeah, Ron Coon Residence. And Ron Coon actually uh, does, like, a lot, of, a lot of these older cars, you know, like my nephew builds, right? You can't find those models anymore. So this guy actually pours them, like your 57 Chevys and whatnot else like that. This guy actually does that. So Denny actually, uh, my nephew... Him and his wife actually make the little decals. They can actually like trickle. They look at trickle pictures from back in the day. They plug this into their little laptop and it'll spit out exact identical of any race car from back in the day. Decals and they put those on those on those models. And it just it looks so sweet, you know. So yeah, Ron Kuhn is, uh, is another one. And like I said, Bruce Ramstead down in Florida. Uh, if we are fortunate enough to run a few Arkham Midwest Tour races, I believe they're going to be televised this year. So he'll be able to tune in and watch those. Jim's Outlaws is another one that uh, my cousin Denny works with with uh, the model building stuff. He chips in and helps out too. So Yeah. Yeah, we've had a, a good backing and friendship with the model building guys there with and like I said, I can't I can't speak enough about uh, about my nephew Denny and his wife Carrie. I mean, they're right there throughout the course of the year. You know, it's like you need some tires, you need this or whatever. You know, and they're right there. You know, throughout the course. And that's like I said, we are a small family operation, and we're happy with that. You know, we're just as happy if we want to take a weekend off and go fishing or riding ATVs or something, and then all of a sudden come Monday, you plug back into the racing part of it. You know, and we're happy doing it that way. Because to go back into that grind, I I just turned 63 today. To go back into Happy that grind, everybody thanks, here, man. <laughs> to go back into that grind out there where every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're working on that race car to be out there Thursday and then got to get up early in the morning maybe to go to work on Friday. And it's like, if you want to go run a special somewhere, the Dells or whatever on Saturday, it's like, okay, now you're turning over the car for that. And it's like, I can't, I don't want to do that no more, man. I, I just don't, you know, find all set and then it rains on you. Yeah. And then, you're, yeah. And then now you're going to flip it back for Kakana. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I want to end uh, this portion with you guys uh, to see if I can get a little more out of you in this respect. You said you're going to run Marshfield and sprinkle some other races. Is there anything with the other races that you're kind of looking at that you want to share at this time? Well, I love the Dells. And to run all of the Live for Fives cannot do it. Uh, but I'd like to do a couple at the Dells. Probably my guess would be he was Dylan was just telling me this today. 
you know, what about running that April, that icebreaker? You know, and possibly there, I'll have to talk to Dylan Hammond about that and see what he thinks. But for sure, I'd like to do one in the summer at the Dells and then that, that one in the fall. And then, of course, Oktoberfest, because I love that. Um, and then we had talked about uh, possibly that Midwest Tour race at Wausau. Uh, probably do that one. And, uh, you know, depending if we can get a little funding, uh, hint, hint, um, I'd love to do that Kakana race that Dylan Hammond and I have talked about that. And obviously that's not a cheap race. That race alone for tires and everything else that goes along with it, you know, you're talking a couple grand, you know. And uh, I would love to do that that uh, big race there at the beginning of August. But like I said, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens with that. Well, I can't thank you guys enough for uh, joining us today. Uh, it was fun looking back down memory lane with you. Fun to hear about how you and Andrew Morrissey get together and Dylan Hammond. We'll hear from Dylan here shortly. So, uh, But can't thank you guys enough for coming on here, sharing your story. And we look forward to meeting up with you during the season to see how this thing is going. Yeah, I appreciate you and Mark uh, for everything you do, for helping guys out, you know, getting their names out there and just bringing the fun part of it. You know, uh, maybe how'd you do in this race or why didn't you win this feature? You know, and talk about the crew guys and the sponsors because I'll tell you what, any racer will tell you, especially nowadays, if you don't have the sponsorship dollars, you better be a millionaire. And it's so cool to see guys land sponsors and they everything goes good for them and it helps them out. And that's that's huge, you know. And you guys, you're you're at a hundred races a year probably and you know the importance of that whether you race dirt or asphalt, you know. Yeah, so you guys given, you know, guys another platform to you know, announce their sponsors and give them, you know, a voice to to show people and talk about them helps too and yeah, you know people really respect that about you guys too so. a lot of people in the stands they only know the driver of you know a certain car they don't know the story behind that driver they don't know the story behind the crew guys the car owner and stuff right. you know and you guys kind of bring a light to that and that's cool that's what you need to do yeah well i think that that's the goal of this you know everyone asks well this is your podcast I, and I think Mark would agree, we view it as this is your platform to talk about what you want to talk about and also give the fans. I'm, I'm a fan. I mean, Mark, are some of the, you I'm guys fan. are fans. I'm a fan. Um, so to talk and, and give the insight into the drivers, see what they look like. Some people can't go down in the pits yeah. to hear this. So hopefully it's it's making some well, ground when we're, the When we're running around in the pits, we always run to the stands because that's when the racing's on. Yeah. You know, we got to watch races. We don't watch them from the pits. You know? Right, so, exactly. So, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but anyway, uh, enough about us here. Thank you guys again. Look good, forward good to it. We'll talk to you soon. And uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks again. I'll keep you posted. Happy birthday you know. again. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks don't, for having us. Don't keep reminding me of it. No. So <laughs> 63 is yeah. Good luck, man. I hope everything. Yep. Works good, good luck, guys. Thanks, guys. Yep. And uh, now we'll hear from Dylan Hammond. All right, Dylan. Well, we just heard the news from Tim. Tim and his son Dylan. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain down in Florida. Um, on the beach today with our day off, um, working with Gabe Summer. So just relaxing um, and happy to hook up with Tim and hopefully have a good a good race season with some exciting things coming. 
Hey, Dylan. Uh, yeah, I see you guys got rained out last night. What a bummer, huh? Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Um, the first night of our super late uh, week here, we run seven nights, so now we're down to six. Um, but, I don't know, we got a solid car, and Gabe was uh, joking that we made it through night one without a scratch on the car, so <laughs> uh, we can, the rest of the week goes just as well. Absolutely. A lot of racing down there, though, uh, very competitive, so it's always an interesting week down there. Yeah, I mean, there's no slouches. Um, this year, there's a lot of good cars. There's only about 18 um, that took time last night in the super late models. Um, and Gabe was his fifth fastest in qualifying, um, which is about as far as we got last night. But, um, yeah, just the competition, the teams, the caliber of teams. Um, it's a good way to start the season and, and get a good notebook going for, for 2023 for Gabe and the summer's racing. So I'm happy to be a part of that. and learning a lot well let's get into more of the news here hooking up with satorius racing for 2023 tell us about what you've been doing the last few years i know you didn't have really a wheel in your hand last year but had a pretty good 2021 yeah so 2021 um decided to run the full arca midwest tour uh with just my my car my my family team me and my dad um kind of put that together and ran four or five years um, from like 17 to 21 in a super late model. Um, kind of struggled the first couple of years, um, but had some success, a lot of speed. Um, 2020, um, we decided to build a new Fury race car. Um, and I mean, things just kind of changed after that as far as our program and, and getting things going. But I don't know, 2021 was kind of an up and down year. Um, the last year I did, did run. Um, had a lot of speed, but struggled with some things on the car and just getting long run speed. Um, but fairly successful. Uh, but it just got to be a, a lot um, running our own family team, which is me and my dad. Uh, so that's kind of why we decided to take 2022 off and, and take the break there last year and not be on track and kind of do our own thing. Um, just a lot of a lot of working components into running the Midwest Tour and, and be competitive. There's a, a lot that goes into that behind the scenes, and um, it can it can become overwhelming, I guess. And just needed a break to to step back and, and think about what we were doing. So, but 2023 is looking like a good year to to get back behind the seat, um, and I'm excited. So, how did you get a hold of Satorius there? How did that uh, work out? Where you got yourself a ride this year? So. I moved to Stoughton, Wisconsin, or rented a shop in Stoughton, Wisconsin, um, and it, I didn't know this at the time, but Andrew Morris, he happened to be working out of kind of the same complex in Stoughton there in the business park. Um, over the past few months, I got to know Andrew really well. I mean, I always knew Andrew, obviously, through racing and things, but never really on a friend level. Um, but now that we're kind of neighbors, I've been over there working with him some. Um and we decided to go snowmobiling a few weeks ago. Um, and Andrew's obviously friends with Tim and, and Dylan and the Satoris family. Um, has kind of been working with them. Um, so we went up there snowmobiling. Me, Andrew Morrissey, his crew guy, um, Tori, Tori Bagley. Um, and I had never met Tim or Dylan or the Satoris family. 
Um, but we got up there, my snowmobile blew the track off within, I think the first two miles of our trip. Um, <laughs> Jeez. so Andrew had called Tim, um, cause we were going to stay at Tim's cabin up there. He's got a real nice place up, uh, near Gleason. Um, so he had, uh, I mean, I was just going to be happy riding around, following him around in the truck, chasing him. Um, but then he'd called, Andrew had called Tim. Tim's like, well, I got a couple extra sleds up here um, that Dylan could ride. So we spent that Thursday um, riding with Dylan, um, you know, just having a good time. Um, and later that night, I think it was, Tim, Tim, wanted Andrew to drive uh, the 93, the Satoris car, um, was kind of his first pick, I guess, um, which is understandable. Um, but Andrew just couldn't, I don't know, they got to talking and Andrew couldn't really commit to doing all the races that Tim wanted to do and, um, and really get a schedule put together. Cause Andrew's got a lot of, he wears a lot of hats and works with a lot of different teams and things. So he wasn't confident that he could make, make all the races that Tim wanted to race. And I was kind of sitting there and I'm like, well, I think I could maybe handle that. And I think Andrew had maybe put some confidence in Tim and myself that I could maybe do all right or, or be an okay wheelman for him. Um, so that's kind of how that came together. Um, just, I guess my schedule and me being able to be, be open and, and being able to make all them races. Um, it just kind of all came together then. And, and we made a plan. So I want to talk more about your 2021. I think you caught a lot of people off guard fast, a lot of places. I remember M Milwaukee specifically. Do you think you caught people off guard being fast right off the gate there in 2021? Uh, I think so. I mean, um, to run at that caliber or that caliber, I think. Um, running the Midwest tour, being a smaller team. Um, like I said, just me and my dad, we don't, we don't have a whole lot. Um, he does all, all right, but he's always supported my racing. Um, but never to excess, you know, just kind of what we need to, to go and have fun and, and run well. But I wasn't surprised. I've always had um, support from good friends with Travis Sauter, Tim Sauter, the whole Sauter family um, that my dad grew up with. So, I've learned a lot from them over the years and always been in the shop. Um, I wasn't surprised, but I could see the speed that we had and, and our, our small team running really well. Um, that feels good. And, and I think it probably did surprise some people. Uh, didn't have the finishes I would have liked, but that, that comes with it and comes with more experience and, and then big races. So. You had two top tens. You were eighth at State Park Speedway and sixth at Hawkeye Downs. Great finishes there. Ended up ninth in Midwest Tour points in 2021. I think that's a hell of an accomplishment for, for a small team uh, with just you and your dad doing that deal. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm proud of it. I know the, the amount of work that me and him have put in over the years. And like I said, it feels good to – I mean, we're not setting the world on fire, but we're – we go and we really compete and we're proud to, to compete with some of them higher dollar teams. And, and I don't think they like that so much a lot, but, um, but yeah, it takes a lot of extra work when you, when you don't have all the resources you need and you're kind of doing everything on your own. Um, 
but it does take a toll on you too when you got full-time jobs and you're working 50 hours a week and then trying to get the car ready um so that was actually a big undertaking um but a family thing nonetheless so hey the team is mostly going to run marshfield this year uh how do you like that track and how do you get around that place yeah marshfield we i didn't run marshfield in 20 well i haven't run marshfield i don't think since 2019 um which would have been in the old car um our, our old super late model um but i really like the track it's uh it's a good track um i ran okay i didn't set the world on fire but um, we were kind of struggling with that car to begin with. Um, but I'm actually really looking forward to it. I think it's a good track. It's somewhat easier on equipment. Um, as far as, you know, it's not super hot on brakes. It's, you don't need a big, huge engine. Um, it kind of evens things out. And I don't know. I look forward to it. I think with putting Tim's resources, my resources, my dad's, and kind of combining resources, I think uh, we're going to have a really competitive piece, and hopefully our, our goal is to, to be there and compete for a championship um, and run, you know, all eight rate, eight super late model races. Um, and I think that's a pretty reasonable goal. Um, we just got to fire off good. I just talked to Tim the other night briefly and, you know, trying to get tires put together for a little couple testings before for the first night come late April. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. And with Andrew's help, I know Andrew has worked on that car. Um, and he told me there's no reason that that car can't compete and be, um, be on top there. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to meeting new people and just having more, more people involved, I think, more than anything. Um, like I said, super late model racing, it's so expensive. And for a small team like my my dad and me to try and do it alone with just ourselves it's it becomes a lot and it kind of takes the fun out of it when you're not getting any sleep you're showing up to the racetrack you haven't slept in days um and you just kind of survive and so i look forward to like i said meeting tim's guys um and just being at the track and having fun that's the main goal to have fun but we're also there to win and and i think we can do that so you go from your small family team bring uh, you and your dad along, go to Satorius's family team. It seems like it's going to mesh well because you kind of had the same philosophy prior to getting together, being a small family team. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, we've never had excess or had um, everything we got. We got what we need to, to go to the racetrack, but with combining resources, I mean, it's so expensive having – like I said, I think my dad, we're going to supply the truck and trailer um, and some pit equipment and stuff like that and get the car to the track, um, which is great because then, you know, if we get some sponsors, Tim together, his team, um, I don't know, a lot of it's financial. It's it's so hard to, to justify spending your life savings on racing. Um, and my dad has never let me do that. I probably would if I was left to my own <laughs> every every last dollar. You're not you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's always been the the voice of reason and and kind of you know put me 
in a good place to where I'm not, I'm not going broke racing and, and he doesn't think that's the right thing to do at the level that we're racing at. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's all about getting more people involved and two, two small teams, um, who kind of understand going to the racetrack like that. Um, I think we're going to mesh really well together and, uh, I don't know, I think we're going to get along well and it's gonna, it should go very smoothly. Um, and I'm just looking forward to having a lot of fun. I think my dad and Tim are going to get along real well. Um, so, yeah, there's. I'm just excited. I think we're going to go, me and my dad, next. Well, I'm down in Florida now. But when we get back, we'll pick up the car because I'm going to kind of maintain the car at my shop in Stoughton um, from there, which is good. So I kind of know everything about the car before we hit the track. And... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited. I've never really had the opportunity to drive anybody else's stuff, but uh, kind of my own stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's really cool. And I'm, I can't be more thankful for Tim and having trust in me to drive his car. And uh, that's a big thing. Just having that somebody who believes in you that, that you can put their car out front and, and do well in it. So I've never, never had that, and I'm looking forward to it. Tim was talking about maybe sprinkling in some traveling races there down at the Dells, uh, Oktoberfest potentially as well. Um, talk about potentially traveling other tracks with them and what traveling uh, does for you, how that improves you as a driver. Yeah, uh, if we can get you know some sponsors put together for, for some extra funding and things, I think um, – the Dells is a great track. I think Andrew, if Andrew can make some of them, I think he might get behind the wheel. And, um, and I, I mean, Andrew's one of the best at the Dells there. Um, and just having him as a support is really important too on the team, even if he's not going to be there in the field. Um, but being able to bounce ideas off of him. Um, but yeah, if he gets behind the wheel at the Dells, possibly Oktoberfest, I don't know, we'll see. Like I said, right now I think we have the eight Marshfield races set in stone. Um, and if things are going well and we can put some money together, I think we'll branch out. And um, I mean, I would like to run the state park speedway, uh, the tour race. That's always one of my favorites and always ran well there. Um, and I think that car is plenty capable um, to run up front and compete there for a win. So I don't know. It all kind of depends how things go. And, um, but it's good to get out. Actually, I don't know. I kind of miss, I think it's going to be really good to race one track consistently too and get a really good notebook because I did that at the Dells in a limited late model. I raced weekly for a few years there. Um, and you can just get a really good notebook notebook put together um, and get a really good baseline at that track. So I don't know. I look forward to that, but I also love traveling to different tracks and and just showing up and seeing how we, we can compete with with everybody at the different tracks. So I think, I don't know, I'm just excited. I've, I'm excited to get the car in the shop and, and get working on it um, and, you know, just get it where it needs to be. I uh, have one more question here for you, Dylan. Traditionally, you've run the number 75. How did the number 75 come about for you? Uh, so... A lot of people probably don't know my racing history, but I'm a third-generation racer 
Um, my grandpa um, on my dad's side was number 75, and he raced back. My timeline's, timeline is probably off, but back in mid-60s, late-60s um, at Friendship Speedway, um, which is pretty close to where I'm from and was born and raised. Um, so the 75 started with my grandpa there, and then my dad raced the number 75 also, um, starting in the late 80s, and then all the way up to like early 2000s in a super late at the Dells. Um, so it's a family number, um, and I don't know where I I don't know where the original number came from. I guess, um, but that's where I got it from. And I don't know. I think seventy five is a pretty cool number. That's uh, that's awesome story there. Uh, well, Dylan, thank you so much for joining us again. So happy for Notorious Racing and you. I think it's really cool to see two family teams come together to uh, get resource extra resources and looking forward to seeing you run at Marshfield and some other places. So uh, keep in touch and uh, thank you again. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, good luck down there at speed weeks, man. Get Gabe Summers a win down there. We're cheering him on too from up here. So good luck this year, buddy. Thank you. I think we got a good, good shot at a win or two down here. Perfect. Thanks again. All right. Thanks guys. Mark, I think the word to use after talking with Tim, Dylan, and Dylan uh, is excitement. I think uh, they are going to be excitement, and I think they're going to have fun, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Dylan Hammond there to end the podcast, he mentioned it many of times. I know Tim and Dylan Satorius did as well. Um, I told Dylan Hammond this after, probably told Satorius this, too. I, I do think it's really cool to have one family team – or two family teams come together because that philosophy is the same. You don't have a bunch of resources. You're very close, very passionate. And then when you come together like that, um, I think it's going to mesh very well. Yeah. Hey, bring it on on race day, man. Put that all together. You know, you know, Dylan's learning stuff down there, down at speed weeks, down at new Smyrna, you know, with a pretty stout team down there. There's pretty smart crew there. So, Hey, that all goes off on, you know, he's going to have a steering wheel in his hand, get that experience back. Be good to see Dylan back at the racetrack again. Absolutely. Yeah. After seeing him in 2021, I remember we did a pre-race interview with him at uh, Milwaukee after being fast in practice and in qualifying. And he has a ton of talent. So it's going to be cool to see him hopping in Satorius's ride there and see what they can do together. Yeah, I was going through my racing frequencies, and all of a sudden I looked and just like, no Dylan Hammond. I just, I, I stopped for a second, like, really? He wasn't out at all, and he wasn't. He did not have a wheel in his hand last year. Yeah, and I know Satorius with being part-time, they're going to get a little bit more into full-time, at least at Marshfield, and then dabble some other things in. So that'll be really cool to see that 93 on track at multiple places. Oh, yeah, so there we go. We got a good competitive team, and it's in a Ford doing and it. Have you seen a picture of that car? It is really sharp. You sure. know, and, yep, and if you got Andrew Morrissey on your side, boy, oh, boy, you know, that's all good stuff coming out of that team, and we'll see how that's going to perform this summer. For sure, very positive. Um, we can't thank Tim and Dylan Satorius enough, Dylan Hammond as well, we appreciate them reaching out to us. Uh, Dylan calling in from down in Speed Weeks. I know they have a day off today, but um, cool that they reached out to us. Uh, again, if anyone else wants to join on to talk about their plans, make an announcement, 
just talk racing, NASCAR racing, short track racing, dirt racing, whatever you want to talk about, reach out to, to Mark or myself and, uh, or on the Lore Sports uh, Facebook page or Twitter page, and we'll have a good time talking racing. It's our favorite part, right, Mark? It is our favorite part. Our favorite part of the season starting uh, of the year. It's racing season. It's coming. Yep, we love it. Well, uh, thanks to the Sotorius team, Dylan Hammond, you, Mark. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed another edition here. And, uh, hey, we'll talk to you soon. See ya. See ya. This has been a production of Lore Sports. Hope you all enjoyed it, and thank you for listening.